0: In the days when I was a teenager, all
1: right, and greetings and happy Wednesday. This is the Desiree show on Dash, Dash Radio, first downs and flip tricks, and it is the 12th day of December. Uh, I, I've got a pretty stacked show for you today. Uh, I'm super excited to welcome back a pretty amazing man, uh, a really amazing man, the most interesting man in the world, um, Mr. Mark Johnson. Hold your breath.
2: (laughs) Oh, thank you, thank you for inviting me back.
1: Yeah, no, I'm really excited. We're gonna talk about uh, some skateboards and some mattresses and uh, maybe some holiday stuff even.
2: Just always a great intro. Thank you. Mm
1: -hmm. That wasn't really the intro, but yeah, I will. uh, I will do a good intro for you
2: when we come back. Oh, nice. All right.
1: Yes. All right, and uh, and I, as I mentioned, I've got a stacked show for you guys today. I was at Chargers uh, training facility yesterday. I've got uh, interviews uh, or, or the special for the Desiree Show, the ITL inside the locker room, Damien Square, Justin Jackson, and Donnie Jones, two, uh, two BCS champions and one Super Bowl champ as well, and uh, a little bit about what this team actually is about, kind of um, – there's something real special going on there. And so I asked him about, you know, what this specialness was and if, if there was any similarities to the championship locker rooms that they have been a part of. Uh, and yes, and respect actually is what Damien Square said uh, was one of the key key components. Uh, but I'll let you guys take a listen. Uh, again, that's this is the ITL. It's a little bit of odds and ends, a little raw. There's some ambient noise there because it is all locker room interviews. Uh, but I'm real thankful to uh, the Chargers organization uh, for allowing me to come on a regular basis. And here you guys go. Enjoy. All right, this is the Desiree Show on Dash Radio. This is the ITL. And I'm joined by uh, Donnie Jones, Super Bowl champion, BCS champion, punter for the Chargers. Let's, this is a very special locker room, at least what I have seen. Can you expand for me?
3: Yeah, no, I think ever since I've signed here back in October, I mean, everybody's really been uh, very welcoming and it is a special group. You know, uh, we get a great group of coaches and uh, the guys in this locker room are awesome. Uh, You know, I think when I look back on the two championship teams that I've been a part of, we've had great locker rooms and, uh, you know, same thing here. I think I I would, you know, say this is probably the best locker room I've been a part of in all my years, you know, the most fun I've had. So I've I've just enjoyed being here for the last couple months. We've got a great group, you know. We've done some great things so far, but we still have some work to do. So uh, look forward to continuing that, um, you know, going back to work Thursday night and uh, finishing the season off strong.
1: Okay, and Thursday night, obviously, big game in Kansas City at Arrowhead. Uh, Playing there is always uh, Kansas City. It's Arrowhead is loud, but this team is really road tested. I feel um, and does well on the road. You know, went into. You went into Heinz Field and uh, beat the Steelers at home on Sunday night football. What is it like going into a Thursday night game, though, for you?
3: Well, it's a short week, I think, for all of us and, you know, mainly for the other guys. I mean, you know, the physicality of this game, I mean, to be able to recover in a few few days' time. I mean, for me, it's a little bit different, um, you know, because I don't really take the physical beating a lot of these guys do. Um, but still, you know, it's a, it's a short week. You got to make sure you, you know, take care of your leg and um, – you know just really get ready to roll i mean like everybody's got to play you know uh thursday night games and it's just a matter of you know taking care of your body and really you know this week for us is, is really a recovery week and kind of zoning in i know they've played kansas city already this year i wasn't here for that game but um you know i guess kind of going over everything again and uh, just taking care of your body get ready on thursday
1: okay and so there's no i mean primetime games is has got to be a little bit of a different mindset is there a little bit of different mindset for you
3: no, I don't think so. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still a football game. The field's the same. You know, obviously the crowd, you know, will be a factor on the road. But, um, you know, this team, like you said, has we've had some great victories on the road, Pittsburgh, Seattle. You know, so we've shown we can go on the road and win. You know, obviously Kansas City's a great opponent. I think it's going to be a great game. And we just have to go out and execute, um, you know, all three phases and just be solid on all, uh, all three phases of the game. So uh, it's a great test for us. And I know the guys in here look forward to that opportunity, embrace, you know, the, uh, the chance we get to go out on national TV and play a great opponent like Kansas City.
1: Spoken to other kickers and punters in the game, uh, John Carney and Evan Arapaho He said to me once that the, the, the kickers are kind of like the skateboarders on the team. Is there any truth to that to you?
3: I don't think so. Okay. You know, I just you know, I, you know, we're we're part of the 53. You know, and, and, and
1: You're definitely part of the
3: 53. You know, but I, I don't I, I don't see that. You know, obviously we have a job we got to go out and do, and it's uh, you know it's an important job. And we you know me and Mike and Mike you know we. Uh, we would each week and work hard, and you know when you get that opportunity. We we have limited opportunities in the game, so you may only get three punts, you may only get a couple kicks. So you want to make sure you uh, you give yourself the best chance to go and have success. And uh, you know it starts with the work you put in during the week. Obviously, this week's different because we're not kicking as much as we normally do. But um, you know, look, I feel great. I know the other guys feel great, and we're just ready to go and have a good game Thursday.
1: Right on. Now, and I want to expand as well. You mentioned this team is you've been on some championship teams. This team is one of your favorites. You, I believe you just said a few moments ago. What are the things that make this team so special to you?
3: I, I just think it's the type of guys we have in this locker room, and uh, you know, like I said again, I came here in October. You know, and didn't really. I knew a couple guys. I knew Philip. Um, you know, Caleb Sturgis was here really the kick at the time. But uh, you know, from the day I walked in these doors, the way this team has embraced me. You know, as a new player, and really welcomed me and. Um, you know, we have fun together. You know, when we go on the road, we have fun on the planes. We go to dinner, you know, so it's, it's a lot of things. And I think sometimes that, you know, you got to have talent, but I think sometimes that outweighs talent. When you really have a good group, when I go back and look at 03, when we won the national championship at LSU, and then the Super Bowl team last year, you know, uh, you know, we had some talent. You know, last year specifically, we lost a lot of guys. We lost seven starters. And, um, you know, the way the guys came in and filled in for those guys uh, and the way the starters, the guys that were injured, you know, help the guys that were taking their spot. I mean, it was a true team. And, um, you know, I think a lot of times uh, when you have a group that really just works well together, you know, look at our O3 team, you know, we didn't have a ton of talent. We played an Oklahoma team that had pretty much every award winner. And, you know, on paper, they were the best team by far. But, you know, all that mattered to us was our group. And you know you got to eliminate all the outside noise, distractions, and really all that matters is the 53 guys we have on this team, the coach and staff, the management, and uh, you know we're strong in here. You know you can do everything you know together as a team, and uh, and I see that with this group. So you know a lot of those similarities, you know, uh, also on the teams and part of the championship teams I was part of.
1: Right on, yeah. And I mean, you. I mean, I, I think of Coacho, but Coacho wasn't yeah. there, but no. but uh, speaking on passion and that other element, um, and you kind of just. Uh, just said exactly what I thought about, I think, about Coach O. Oh, yeah,
3: he's got a lot of
1: passion. <laughs> he's yeah. a no. boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good.
3: I've talked to him a couple times just being back home, and he's a. Uh, am glad to see him have some success, you know, especially being from Louisiana and uh, being really passionate, not only about the state but the, uh, the school. So uh, it's good to see him. I hope he continues to do well.
1: Any uh, ritual that you do pregame?
3: No, I don't really have any. Uh, no.
1: And what would be your
3: walkout song? If I had a walkout song? Who? <laughs> Sorry. Should have been a cowboy? I don't know.
1: <laughs> By the Vandals? Not the
3: Dallas Cowboys. Not like a true cowboy. <laughs> Phillip's my inspiration for that with his uh, great outfits he wears on game day. The uh, Dockers pants, the uh, Tommy Hilfiger shirt and the boots. Should have been a cowboy. Okay. No, I like my job. I'm glad I'm a punter. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Some country song. I mean, any, any kind. I'm a big country music fan, so.
1: All right, Donnie, thank you so much you got for your time. It. Yeah, Appreciate really really nice it. meeting. Yeah, yeah, no, you, you, got you too, Don. All right, this is the Desiree Show on Dash Radio. This is the ITL inside the locker room with the Chargers. I'm joined by Damian Square, three time BCS champion. Making a lot of plays uh, on the field, man. It's it's just been rad watching you play. There's something really special about this team. You know, and you've been on championship teams. Can you, is it similar to anything you had at Alabama? Is it similar to, I mean, is there any comparison to you about how special this team is?
0: Well, this team does have some of those attributes. Uh, One thing I think in particular is that we respect each other no matter what level we're on. You know, from a pay grade uh, to an expectation a standpoint of anything. I think every any guy that comes in this locker room, we actually just had a guy come back to this team that was with us in camp. Practice squad guy, I'm not gonna say any names, but one of the compliments that he gave to us when he came back was that I haven't been to a place like this. I wanted to come back here. When I got the call to come back here, I immediately got on a plane to get here because this is just a special locker room, you know what I mean? Like I said, we respect everybody. We're young, you know what I mean? Despite Phil, we're young. (laughs) And uh, like I said, that's the culture of this team. And I think that's the reason why we had the success that we had, because we hold each other accountable. And at the same grade, we respect each other. And that's the recipe to a championship team.
1: Yeah, a lot of unselfishness and a lot of no, no eye in this team, it seems. Or it appears, appears on the field. And when I hear post-interviews, it's always compliments about other players. Um, you know, I mean, it seems, it seems to be a strong vein. Now, talk about this defense, because this defense also, I mean, all three phases of this team are playing phenomenal. This defense is pretty special and it's gone through some ups and downs uh, where people have filled in different positions. How does that make you guys stronger as a team? I mean, obviously, I think it does, but in your mind?
0: Um, I think we have a one-play mindset. Uh, Derwin was a, a crazy add to the defense. I mean, what that guy brings to our defense, you can't match it. You know what I mean? He's a phenomenal athlete, and I see him being really great in his league, You know, being one of the best players to ever do it. So uh, just adding him to the team with the tenacity that he brings, to, he just wants to be great. And on our defense, we just hold each other accountable. Like I said, we fly around, we have a one-play mindset. Uh, We believe we come here to win the game. You know, We don't really get caught up in the BS through the middle of the game. We try to do our best to handle those situations to the best of our ability. But I think the thing that makes our defense great is we're young, we're having fun, and we have a one-play mindset.
1: All right, and uh, Thursday Night Football? I mean, you guys played, you guys suited up and showed up. You guys are really well on the road this year. Yeah. Really well, all of, all, you know, every yeah, game. Yeah, but yeah. on the road, you guys are road tested. Sunday night football in Pittsburgh. You guys go into Seattle. You beat Seattle at Seattle. You're going to Kansas City. You're going to Arrowhead on Thursday. Yeah. What's the What's it like playing? You have played there before. What's it like playing there?
0: It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, and the Kansas City Chiefs are balling right now. You know, they got a guy under the center. I've been watching football a Long time I haven't seen too many guys like this guy. You know what I mean. So he's playing some big time ball. He can throw any ball on the field. They're playing with a lot of confidence because they have a guy leading their team like that. And they're going to be hard to beat. So we got to be a team that makes few mistakes, if any at all. We got to find a way to get the ball back in our offensive hand to keep 15 off the field. I think if we can do that, we got a great shot at winning this football game. All
1: right, and advantages, advantages. I mean, you guys faced Patrick Mahomes first time he kind of made his debut. It was yeah. the first, you know first game of the season. Playing a division opponent as well, you guys can see there's there's just a different, it's it's always a toss-up I feel like with division games.
0: Oh yeah, here in this division anyway, this is a tough division. I mean, we just saw Oakland go up to Pittsburgh and get it done, you know, despite the season that they're having. So that's just to, you know, you got to take your hats off to uh, the competitive nature in this division. We understand that, we understand what division we're in, we understand that Kansas City is going to be a tough one, we're going to be a tough one. Denver's always going to be a tough one. Oakland always plays with that Oakland, you know, spirit and and harshness that they play with on the field, you know what I mean? So um, just we understand what division we're in, and you got to show up and play every week despite the out-of-conference opponents that they've given us this year, you know what I mean? So we knew we had a tough road to travel. We were kind of focusing on that middle spot in the middle of our season when we had that long road trip going to uh, London and things like that, we got it done. Picked our head up on the other side and we're still playing good football. So here we go, Thursday night, here we come.
1: All right, and uh, any prep, any special? Like, I mean, is it going to be Roll Tide again?
0: Of course, it'll be Roll Tide <laughs> forever. You know that. <laughs>
1: right on, and uh, one last thing is you've got an event coming up this weekend. Yeah, yeah. A bowling I do. event. Can you share a little bit more information? About
0: um. Yeah, so I got a bowling event coming up uh, here at the uh, Bowling Tavern. Um, on 55 uh, headed towards newport beach um but it's just giving back to the kids you know i got a few of the uh, guys coming through to show their face and uh, uh bowl a food. hit a few pins in the process say hello to some kids make some kid day but uh if you can come by and uh just show your face uh it'll be a great event great people great vibes uh on a monday night right after this thursday night win that we're about to get up right like i said in uh costa mesa on 55 headed towards newport beach bowling tavern right there is the pyramid
1: okay.
0: uh, what is the name of that shopping is the pyramid the triangle oh the triangle the triangle, triangle. yeah the right okay, at the triangle cool. right underneath the, i think uh yard house okay. yeah so come pull up and check us out
1: all right, cool. Thanks, Damian. All right. Thanks, then. Thank All right, this is the Desiree Show on Dash Radio. I'm at the ITL inside the locker room with the Chargers. I'm joined by number 32, Justin Jackson. Justin, this is – your role is, is kind of just gotten real big. It, how, how does it feel for you right now going into a Thursday night football game knowing that you have a little bigger role?
4: I mean, just things stepping up. Like, past few weeks with Mel not being uh, able to play, uh, me and I had to step up, so – I mean, when it comes down to it, you know, we got a great team and, and it's next man up. You know, we're obviously going against a great team in Kansas City on a short week. So everybody's going to, have to you know, kind of put their little boo-boos aside and, uh, and go out there and play.
1: All right. Number 32 is one of my favorite numbers. Marcus <laughs> Allen, Jim Brown, oh, yeah. OJ Simpson. Did you have any choice in picking your uh, jersey number?
4: Yeah, I had a few different choices. Um, and I, I just thought, I I, don't know, I thought 32 was the best one available. <laughs> Um, You know, I wore 21 in college, obviously can't wear that here, so I had to change it up.
1: (laughs) And now the reason you wore 21 in college was anything to do with LaDainian?
4: A little bit of LaDainian, a little bit of Deion Sanders, Um, you know, I played DB in high school a little bit my sophomore year, Um, and so a little bit of, and I played running back too, so I kind of wanted to find a good number that kind of fit both, Um, so 21 was perfect, obviously LT and and obviously one of the best corners that ever do it in in, uh, Deion Sanders.
1: Okay, and then I have to ask: uh, As growing up, did you have a jersey, or did you? Were you a fan of a player?
4: I mean, I, I liked a lot of I liked a lot of uh, football players. Um, I mean, especially running backs. You know, growing up watching, you know, AP was my favorite. I mean, he was the best running back in the game. And then, you know, growing up watching Shady, just because the way he's able to make people miss stuff like that, and that's something I like to do as well. So, um, but I mean, I was in love with basketball too. And Dwayne Wade is my favorite player overall athlete Wade is my favorite of all time. So yeah, but I envied I a lot of a lot of professional athletes for sure. All
1: right. And now are there is there anything that you do sort of um not super like a ritual that you do before games
4: not really i just got a routine um try and get there eat the same thing in the morning get there at the same time do the same warm-up type stuff all that type of stuff but nothing like super superstitious where it's like if i don't do this i'm not gonna play well
1: not the left shoe and the right shoe type thing or soccer baseball players are a little nuts that. like that <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah it's all good
1: <laughs> you came out Sunday night football against Pittsburgh, this is another big time game as well. What was the difference for you walking out on, you know, a a prime time game?
4: I mean, you just, you get lost in a moment really. I mean, it really takes you back to, you know, when you're growing up, thinking about playing varsity, playing Friday Night Lights for your high school team, right? So just something about playing on our lights uh, in a big stage that just brings the best out of you. Um, so you know, obviously that was an amazing atmosphere and a big game for us. So I think it just brought the best out of all of us.
1: Okay, and last is this, this team is really special. I've seen it in the locker room. I've seen it on the field on Sundays. There is sort of this je ne sais quoi, I mean, this thing you can't put your finger on, it seems like, a lot of unselfishness, a real team, and a real unity. Mm. What is what is your interpretation, or what does this, you know, can you, can you share about this team, what it means to you, and what it's like?
4: Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm getting spoiled, it's my rookie year, so I really haven't known anything else, um, but there's so many great veteran guys, and younger guys who are, are really great players, but they're also unselfish, like you were saying, and um, they all really want the best for the team and and they're all genuinely excited for their brothers when their brothers are successful. So I think just when you have that camaraderie in the locker room, it shows on the field, that trust shows on the field. And when you're coming back, you know, you start game down 14, like we did against San Fran a while ago, and you come back or or you're down against Pittsburgh and you come back, that just shows that, you know, the guys have trust in each other. Um, and, And we believe in each other, which helps us play with confidence, which helps us in any situation situation, any environment, come out on top.
1: Right on. And uh, who? Who? In the last, I'm sorry. One more last question. Who have been the players that have kind of um, embraced you when you came in?
4: I think it's just a running back room. You know, you got guys like Mel, who's, you know, Pro Bowl running back, Eck, who you know has just done amazing things in the past two years. Watt, you know, our, our coach, Coach Roberts. I mean, Dietrez. All of us. You know, it's just been a great, great environment to be in. All the guys are all real fun. Uh, we have a good time. And then when it comes to the field, you know, people just go out there and do their job and and make plays. All
1: right. Have a wonderful lunch and thanks so much. Nice to meet you. All right. Welcome back. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, Also, uh, Melvin Gordon obviously is a a game time decision. The guys are traveling today. Today Today's a travel day. That's why I was there yesterday. Normally Tuesdays is giving back. But uh, without further ado, I'm really excited to welcome back, as I mentioned earlier, um, a phenomenal man, uh, very, uh, very well-spoken um, phenomenal skateboarder, one of the most technical and most amazing skateboarders, uh, all time 2007 uh, skater of the year. He's a company owner, uh, and, uh, he's become uh, one of the people I really enjoy speaking with, uh, the one and only Mr. He's part doctor as well. Mr. Uh, Mark Johnson. Is that it? Well, and thirty-two videos, and and and
2: you yeah, just keep rock. It going, I mean, keep it coming. We, the, re- the resume is deep. Keep the going. resume
1: is so deep <laughs> oh that God. we could spend an hour on your resume and not even cover everything, Mark.
2: <laughs> is that it? Are you done?
1: Well, you know, I have to say that this is that was the first time when you were back in studio uh, about a month ago, and you had a fan when we were out in the parking structure, a uh, parking lot, and we had a you had one of your fans actually just walk up. To come get an autograph, come say hello to you.
2: Yeah, that was that was interesting. He just popped up out of nowhere. It was
1: really crazy. Oh, and
2: it's crazy because he was listening to the. He was listening. Wasn't he listening to the show or I something?
1: He was actually no, because we were delayed. It was going to air the following day. He saw um, your Instagram stories. Oh,
2: that's right. He saw the Instagram and walked over here. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That's crazy. That's pretty cool. good, good. Good dude. Good dude.
1: Yeah, that was nice. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we, we, we spoke on so many different things uh, when you're in here, and there's so many different things to address with you, uh, not address, I mean, are, I that I find interesting. Um, what I did want to touch on is something that we kind of spoke after the show last time, is when, you know, when you moved and when you went on that road trip and you moved to San Diego and then to San Jose, uh, you had left school. I was 16 years old. I believe $80 in your pocket. Worked um, at a delicatessen. Got another job at a delicatessen in uh, San Jose. But you, what you didn't share with us, and only with me afterwards, is that you actually went back and you got your GED. You went. No, went I did.
2: To- I um, I got him in, in San Diego. You, at the time, you, I could not attend school. Uh, like a normal in that capacity because I didn't have like parents there. Mm-hmm. So what I had to do is, so I, I went, I just walked into a random school that was close to my apartment, walked into the office and I just said, Hey, like how can I enroll? And this would have been my jun- So this was my junior year and I told them a story or whatever. And then this lady in the office was like, Oh you're, you don't live here with your parents. You can't do that. What you do is you need to get emancipated, um, which is like divorcing your parents. Mm-hmm. And so she actually helped me through the entire process, total stranger, just kid that just walked into her office. She helped me through the entire process, and um, I got emancipated, had to go to court and do all that stuff. And then when I got my emancipation paperwork, that lady um, got me enrolled in a homeschool. So I did, that's what I did. I did homeschool instead of like high normal high school. That's pretty rad. Yeah. Just so many things happened back then that were just like, like cosmic. I mean, that's the only way I can describe it. Like looking back at that time, it's just so many things happened that were just like, puzzle pieces being fit together one by one, you know, week after week after week, like building this like cool picture. So, um, yeah, I did that and then I went to college.
1: Yeah. And that's, uh, because I asked, uh, cause you are so well-spoken and well-read. I mean, we, we've spoken about books, uh, on the phone. Um, you went back and you were taking, uh, you're going to college up in Northern California mm-hmm. yep. with the, uh, Intent to potentially go and get a master's in mathematics if I remember correctly at Berkeley
2: Um, That was one and then the other one was I guess you would say English you know because but writing like like uh, uh, Fiction so I took a bunch of these like fiction writing and fiction analysis classes and I was kind of torn between the two Math was easy for me and writing was like fun. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I didn't really know. Yeah, it was just, you kind of, you don't know what, and it's not like a double major. Like I didn't stack, I didn't put a shitload of classes, you know, on my back or whatever, but I just took classes in both of those and then just random whatever classes. Because, you know, when you're signing up for college, like it's just like archery sounds good to me yeah
1: so are you an accomplished archer as well did I not know that on your I, I, we might have to reset and I might have to reintroduce you
2: that was one that was one semester and that was my first that was like a god that one was it wasn't hard to get up but that one was always early in the morning um, like the grass was wet and like it's out in a field with like stacks of hay with targets on them but damn that class was fun all you did was just shoot arrows at hay And for some reason, that's just so fun. And you figure out, you figure out how to get good. Like you figure out like, um, by correcting your mistakes, Mm -hmm. like you you can get good at archery like pretty quickly.
1: And I took one, I took, I think like an elective class, like I think in high school, but nothing in college. Just kind of, because you had to put the thing on your face too, right?
2: For archery?
1: Oh no, I'm thinking of Fencing. fencing.
2: No, 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 no. But
1: archery, I did archery, I didn't do fencing. Fencing yeah. always sounded kind of. Fencing sounds very Yale or Harvard-ish.
2: That's some, you know what fencing with the white suit and the face mat. That's that's something I would do.
1: I could see you. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
2: That's just some weird weird thing I would do for sure.
1: So for from professional skateboarder to professional fencer.
2: Fencer. Professional fencer to professional skateboard. Okay. Okay. Archer.
1: Arch, Archer.
2: <laughs> yeah. Bowman. <laughs> yeah. And.
1: You think Adidas would go for that? Um. Uh, it might. They might.
2: There's probably some gear. There's some gear. Um, but the caveat is you have to uh, you have to go primitive and and make your own bow. You have uh-huh. to carve your own bow out of hand or something like that. Have to, have to did you ever it. try
1: to do that? Did you ever try to do it out of rocks when you were little?
2: <laughs> do what?
1: I remember always trying to like carve um, stones that I found into sort of um, arrows.
2: Oh no 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 no! no. I mean like.
1: But then I tried to burn things too, like bugs when I was little. With oh, micro, with the with, with the, micro, the magnifying yeah, glass. Yeah.
2: Everybody did that. That's a that's a that's a skeleton in everybody's closet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Well, I, you know, I want to reset here. Because, uh, Mark Johnson is in studio with me. If you guys didn't have the chance to listen to uh, his first visit, which was uh, November 11th, I believe, um, you know, I, I encourage you to and you'll kind of can get a feel. It's on the iTunes and SoundCloud of The Desiree Show as well. Um, but we're going to keep going. So, uh, so if you felt like you were blindsided about what was going on here right away, uh, there's a lot. I wanted to talk about the mattress
2: obsession. I don't have a mattress. What? What mattress obsession?
1: Well, and you have like this artist series that you're doing with mattresses.
2: Oh, I just I just drive around and I'll just see random mattresses. People throw mattresses out all the time, especially once you notice that mattresses are being thrown out, you start seeing them everywhere. It's like when you when you get a new car and uh, you start seeing those cars everywhere, mm-hmm. or when you start wearing like say you start wearing like a certain brand of shoe you start seeing those shoes everywhere it's really weird how that works so i just noticed um
1: how did mattresses sort of come on your radar then
2: i was driving i was on um off the off the 10 freeway there's an exit um god i can't for the life of me remember it uh it's by jefferson it's uh uh shit by macarthur park or something like that um Arlington. Yeah. There's this uh, street called Arlington and I was driving over the freeway and I just saw like this mattress graveyard. Like I just saw this area that looked like it was just like the town dump. Like everybody from this area just threw their stuff out there and it was all mattresses. And I just was like, that's the weird, cause I'd never seen that. I was like, that's the weirdest thing. And then I just started seeing them all over the place. Just on the side of the road, leaning up against trees, fences, you know, whatever. And sometimes people will like paint stuff on them. So whenever I see someone has painted something on one, I'll stop and pull over and take a picture.
1: I like that. That's good. That's really. And good. some
2: of the stuff people paint is like pretty genius.
1: Very um, outside the block box maybe. Perhaps? It's
2: just like yeah, it's weird like po like uh like poetry or poems or. Just stuff. I don't know. Really funny stuff, like a really random stuff that people paint. So every time I see a mattress that uh, has been uh, drawn on or painted on, I'll take a photo of it and post it.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a nice service you're doing for all of us. I want to thank you for that.
2: I, it's yeah. To have, I mean, it would be cool to get them all together and have like a have like a show.
1: Yeah, I could see, like, a a a Banksy show-ish type thing.
2: Imagine how big the gallery would have to be to hold, like, 50 mattresses.
1: Um, Maybe 111 Minna. No. (laughs) I think I'm seeing, like, a warehouse.
2: Yeah, it would have to be, like, some kind of huge space. And you'd have to, oh, God, you'd have to go get them and, like, check them for bed bugs and, ugh.
1: Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, I don't know if I'd want to see. I don't know if I'd want to handle any of those. I do you, wa- you, you? You do use protective? Well, you have you have you handled any? Have you used protective gloves to handle? Something? Yeah,
2: yeah. You know what? I just had these weird like, um, they're like you know dish dishwashing gloves come up to your elbow. Mm-hmm. So I had these like black hazmat gloves for mi- mixing concrete. Um, so you don't the lye li- the the lye doesn't get on your skin and burn it. Um, Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So I think once or twice I moved these mattresses. I put these gloves on and I moved these mattresses into, like, better light to take a photo of them. I walked up to a mattress one time, um, and from where I was driving, it looked like there was something on it. It was just, like, something leaning against it or whatever. And so I pulled over and I walked up to it. And this lady ran out of this apartment building, and she was like, "Don't get near it! It's got bed bugs."
1: Oh my god!
2: Yeah, and and it was like in a plastic bag, or it was in like a weird like, uh, not a plastic bag. It was in some kind of weird like hazmat. Yeah, like a
1: bed bug. Bed bug. I don't know.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it was in some kind of weird white bag, and she. I was just. I didn't get near it, but I was just walking over toward it, and she ran out. And she's like, it's got bed bugs. The whole like, we had to evacuate a floor. This, you know, this uh, apartment has to be. They had to throw all the furniture out. It has to be like fumigated. Not, I don't know if it's fumigated. It has to be heated. They have to like. God, I'm getting. She just like talking <laughs> about this. <laughs> oh, I have a friend in San Francisco. You can't even say that word. He freaks out. But um, yeah, you have to like heat the room up to like. 150 degrees for 24 hours or something like that. Whoa. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, we're going to shift gears from bedbugs. Uh, <laughs>
2: Los <laughs> Angeles is a, is a pretty wild place. Yeah. <laughs> come, to,
1: come to Los Angeles uh, where bedbugs are prevalent. Um, okay. So, yeah, we're going to shift gears. Uh, let's step backwards and uh, let's talk a little bit about 2007. Uh, 2007 was a 2007 2008 was a pretty um pretty big year for you or, or a lot of things i should say happened in 2007 Is that a fair
2: I, I agree. Yes, you know? I agree. Um,
1: can do you want can you share kind of like about you, I was it was some ups and downs. Um you had a, or I
2: um, yeah, I mean uh there's, Not, some, there's some ups. There was what? It was ups.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of. There's huge year. 2007, yeah. you were skater of the year.
2: Um, yeah, I got. I was awarded a Thrasher Skater of the Year. Um, what?
1: No, for like what? How did that feel? I mean, that's that is such a huge honor.
2: Oh, uh, amazing. Um, like it's. Yeah, it's crazy to think. Like it's not real when it hap- when it happens. You know what I mean? Like you're going kind of through it, and it doesn't at least not for me, like didn't, it didn't register. Like it was almost like not real in a weird way. You know, it registered. It took a little time to register where I was just like, good God, like out of all the skateboarders in the world, like they, they chose me like, wow. Um. Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, there, yeah, that was, that was a, 2007 was a really busy year. It was kind of like go 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 nonstop nonstop, and then uh, uh, fully flared was released in November of 2007, and uh, yeah, that so that and then I got part of December. I think I got part of December to kind of hang out, and then I went on a on like a a little skater of the year trip to uh, Texas mm-hmm. and skated all around Texas to kind of shoot this article.
1: Was that with Joe or was that? Yeah, with, that was okay. with Retta
2: and uh, Roger Bagley. Okay. Yeah, so we got to skate with all like went to, to a bunch of cities and skated a bunch of cool stuff with like a bunch of people, so that was that was fun. And that was before um, that was before they started doing like the Sodi trips. Okay. So now they do like yeah, whoever wins the skate, you know, no totally. So, yeah, okay. so it's like get your homies, we're gonna you know go to Hawaii, we're gonna go to this, do that, and like that's before any of that it was just basically like um at that time it was uh you if you if you got skater of the year then you went and you uh you just shot an article for the you know an interview an article which is huge for the yeah of course I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: what's the pressure like that i mean with shooting an article i would imagine if you're named skater of the year like i don't know i mean i think I, I don't know how your mindset is but like my perfectionism or my you know like we'd definitely want it to be like gnarly like because you know
2: it, it the truth of the matter is like that that article that article wasn't that gnarly because when we were done and mind you this is the end of 4 years of just like nonstop 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 Our last filming trip, uh, our last filming trip was a month across the United States in August.
1: Nice and cool.
2: Yeah, so then they had September and October to edit and then the video came out in November. And I'll be totally honest, like after that last filming trip, and I had so much footage, just stepped away from my board, you know, and then I didn't start skating again until that Skater of the Year Texas trip. Okay. So it was it was weird, like, like, landing, I think we flew into, I think we flew into Houston, or we flew into Houston or Austin, but landing and like, going to the hotel, and then next morning, like, getting up to go skate, and just being in the parking lot, rolling around, and just having like, my legs were just like jello, you know. So I just kind of had to just power through it. it took a couple days, but I had to kind of power through it. So that interview wasn't as, uh, it definitely wasn't as good as it could have been if I would have just been skating the whole time after the last fully flared filming trip. It's just, I just I saw no possible. I saw no point, you know what I mean? I just totally saw no point. It was just like okay, like it's time to rest, you know.
1: Yeah, because fully flared was all encompassing. I mean, that was.
2: That was yeah. That was
1: not. That was a process, not an event. I mean, that, that was, was a fl-
2: huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a huge, like. Whatever undertaking, like that was massive. Huge effort on so many. I mean, God, so many. It took so many people to make that, that movie, man. It's weird. It's so, su- and it's such a good. You know, you watch something, you could like watch it five years later, or watch it like whatever ten years later, and you see it a different, you see it in a different light each time. Yeah, you know, that's a fucking goddamn good skate video. It's a really,
1: really good skate video. Yeah. Thank God.
2: But when you're in the middle of something, like you don't, you don't see it the same way. Um, yeah, like a, it'd be like an actor on the set of a movie doesn't he perceives the movie a different way you know than somebody who's just going to see the movie mm-hmm. so that's yeah that's what that's kind of what it was like um but I sh- you know what I should have seriously like after that video came out and I knew I got skater of the year I should have jumped on my board the next day and just gotten
1: <laughs> oh and just done it then
2: no 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 oh. I just started like just like dusting it off
1: yeah, but I think, I mean, I, th- I, <laughs> I think what you're sharing is is a reality. I no, mean, I it, think it's, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. impossible, phys- physically impossible. And then to skateboarding is so also passion filled that when it's that heavy and you keep pushing and pushing and pushing, something does have to give. And you do have to recoup and refuel. I yeah. mean, you know, it's just common sense.
2: It's, I'm just saying it's not smart to literally start skating the first day of a trip. Where you're supposed to be shooting an interview for Thrasher.
1: A skater of the year. <laughs> yeah.
2: Not not smart.
1: Yeah, but I think it turned out pretty awesome, if I remember correctly. <laughs> oh
2: yeah, yeah. We I mean it was just it's me and Retta and, and Roger Bagley. Like we we had a good time. For sure. That was that was a good time. And Retta will tell you all about, yo, Mark, remember that time we went to Texas? <laughs> you're like, yes, Retta, I do.
1: <laughs> I love that guy. He's such a good egg. Uh He's good. Skateboarding's got some real special friends. We got some special people in our lives, you know.
2: That's for sure. What a <laughs> oh, what a magical, what a magical place this is. <laughs> yeah, well, no, and it shifted so
1: much. Um, you know. Okay, so we're gonna at 2007 again. So 2007, 2000. Your 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 father died as well. I, I think.
2: Yeah, he died in uh, early. Or
1: 2008.
2: No, he died in early 2007. Early 2007. Yeah, okay. I want to say uh, March. I think he, I think it was March. He passed away. Something like that. Did I tell that story in the last one about you, that? Yeah, the about am, the boxes. The ambulance bill and all that stuff, like how they. You know, the that
1: ambulance that? bill. I, I'm. I know you shared about the boxes you received.
2: Yeah, that
1: this, your uncle packed up for you and your
2: sister. Yeah, so basically, you know, my dad collapsed, and the paramed, you know, someone called the paramedics and blah blah blah, and they took him to the hospital, and he was in the hospital for a month, and none of the re- none of the none fa- none of our family was called, his parents were called, like nobody was called, nobody got, nobody knew he was there, but my my uncle received an ambulance bill in the mail like two three months later and that's how the family found out yeah it was just you know you were just like wait 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 how did you well he had no id he had no id on him well how did you get the address to send the ambulance bill but not contact you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know i think my grandparents sued the shit out of that Hospital. I'm not sure. That's not. I don't. I don't know that for a fact. But um. Yeah. I heard something about my grandparents. Not that. That was just not gonna fly. You know, with them. But yeah. Um,
1: so, I mean, I'm ta- you know, the tumultuous. I mean, uh, just a very. Uh, and that's what I was kind of. You know, asking about is this 2000s. I mean, there was a high, these highs and this crazy um year for you and then and some lows and you know and some changes and
2: uh yeah and my mom my mom was living so she lived in Europe for a long time and she she came out to stay with me for a while and she was living she was i think it was 2007 yeah um yeah 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 so my mom came to stay with me for um for two years in two thousand seven. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was interesting. Yeah. I don't recommend that <laughs> to anyone. But
1: cool that you did. And now through <laughs> adversity, like we we learn we kind of learn through like these ups and downs of our lives. Um and where we where we come from. You've kind of tried to really, you know, being a father as well was really, has been really important to you as well. And uh, you tried to make everything happen to not be like your dad was.
2: Yeah, 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 exactly. You
1: know, to give there was,
2: yeah, even at a, at, at an early age, there was, and you know, my son was born when I was 23. So to me, looking back at that, and just being like, Oh, my God, like, Wow, so young. that's young. Really young that's so young, but even at the you know that age i uh was extremely uh, aware that I wanted to uh basically do better than my dad did, you know, like get like provide something better uh for my son than than my dad did or my parents or you know, whatever. So that was yeah, that was imme- that was a, one of the immediate things was like, yeah, I'm gonna do better than they did. But you know, like there's shit. There's no um I don't know, I mean there's I'm sure you can read books on how to <laughs> how to be a parent. There, there's there no are? fucking no. book. No, there's no book.
1: I always feel bad for my parents. <laughs> the hell I put them
4: through.
2: <laughs> yeah, nobody knows what they're doing. I mean, yeah. You could read books and take classes and stuff and try to get some kind of get a little bit of a head start, but it's just a it's just you just have to like you just have to be there and do it. You know. And it's just uh yeah. It's interesting and it's uh it's magical. It's it's crazy. I I miss I miss like the little kid my 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 son. I miss the little kid version of him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's rad now, but I miss the little kid version of him. <laughs> oh man. Good times, good times.
1: Holidays. What's a uh... What does Mark do? Does Mark have any holiday... Uh, do you have a thing... Do you, what's your favorite holiday music? Or uh, not, uh, not music, I should say movie. Is there any... Do you have a holiday movie that you like to watch?
2: Like a Christmas one? Yeah. Um.
1: I mean, yeah. I think
2: the three... Like, what? It's like... Uh, a Charlie Brown Christmas is good. Okay. Uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Um, and then there's that old, like, weird, like, claymation, like... Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh yeah, reindeer. so good. Yeah, and then um the old like Frosty the Snowman one. Okay. I think it's Claymation, too. Uh-huh. Uh, the, I remember those four. But yeah, every holiday, one of the Charlie Browns. Okay. Like thanks, uh Halloween, Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving one is so good with turkey and pumpkin pie. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, we got the the uh Marks a uh, holiday or Christmas uh, movies. I'm I'm a dork because I like I like Holiday Inn. Um, I like the old Bing Crosby movies. My because my dad would always make us. We'd always watch those for the holidays.
2: Oh, it's called Holiday, holiday Inn? Holiday
1: Inn, and it's actually a holiday where they have like they have uh, musical events like just for the holiday. They're open only on the holidays. Um, it's Fred Astaire and Bing Crosby, and then uh, yeah, and White Christmas.
2: And that's a movie. Yeah. Oh, weird! Is that where the the hotel chain got its name from?
1: Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's uh, but yeah, I'll have to say it's an oldie. It's a super oldie, um, and I do like a Christmas vacation too.
2: Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah. But, um, music?
1: Any music? Or home, do you do home anything? Alone, home, home alone. Home alone. Home alone is pretty <laughs> funny as well. <laughs> There's some good ones.
2: I'm, I know I'm spacing out on some good on some really good ones. No, it's uh, called cool. Elf. See, is that elf Will Ferrell? Pre- yeah. Yeah. There's so many good <laughs> Christmas movies. Uh,
1: and now, what do you do? What do you do? I mean, do you get a tree? Do you decorate your house? Like, uh, what, do you, what do you? What are your? What are your plans for the holidays? Or oh
2: yeah, like- I always go. I always go visit family. Okay. Yeah, I don't do the. I, I don't. The tree thing is so weird. I, I just. I used. I used to do the tree thing, mm-hmm. and it's just so crazy. Like. All those trees were just grown to be chopped down to be like hung stuff on them and thrown in the street like after Christmas just drive around and there's just dead trees all over the fucking street and it just it just seems so fucked up to do that doesn't it I mean lights on the house I don't mind lights on the house all that stuff but God the tree thing is just so weird. Yeah. It it is. It's just so weird. <laughs> it's like it's like you're gonna rent a mule and and just like put it in your living room and starve it to death and then just leave it on the street when you're done.
1: Well, you could use the pine for kindling and you could cut the uh, the um, the log in for uh, to burn it.
2: Yeah, and everybody that throws their trees in the streets, they could do that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they could do no, that. I no, mean, I mean, like, why not? You, If they bought a tree, like, why not use it? Yeah. Like, if you're...
2: Buying these crazy, like, 15-foot-tall live... Or $80 just, dollar trees? Oh, 80 no, like, no, 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 These
1: The shishi spots are like, it's ridiculous. Good it's like,
2: Lord. There's one, on, there's one over here on, um, on Franklin. Right. Do you know where the Oaks Gourmet is? Mm-hmm. Across the street, there's always right by that Gelson's. Mm-hmm. There's always a uh, Gelson's.
1: I knew we'd bring up Gelson's. Yeah, <laughs> <And they're burritos. laughs> there's <a> Gelson's <laughs> over there too. Um,
2: there, I, I went to this. Uh, I went to this tree lot one year. This was like 20. This was like 2012. Went to this tree lot, and uh, so my ex girlfriend had this crazy huge house in the Hollywood Hills with like insane, insanely high ceilings. I think she got a 15 foot tree oh my god how much did it cost it was so much money it was so much money the tree was so big it was oh Jesus Christ it was so big yeah I th- and I think we t- we uh we tied it to my truck like it was like on the top like,
1: with red flags at the back and yeah front. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: um yeah Damn, I don't remember how much it was.
1: I mean, no, that just fifteen foot sounds pretty. Was it? A noble but it wasn't or like virtue? it wasn't
2: like ten is good. You know, just like wanted to basically like touch this, you know, like almost touch the ceiling.
1: So no, no, uh, what is it, a star or angel on top?
2: There, oh yeah, yeah, there was, there was for sure. Because she has this like, um, she has this, her Christmas ornaments are like a family heirloom like super old, super nice. So she uses the same ones every year. I just remember looking at that fucking tree and just being like, God damn. It was fucking so big. It's like she went, it was like we went in there and she's just like, I want the biggest one. I don't care. Oh my God. (laughs) But I'll tell you what, that thing was beautiful. I bet. Yeah. You gotta unwrap those things. You gotta like fluff them and shit. Like even out the branches and like do all that shit.
1: And then the cleanup. All right. Um, Okay, we've got a few more moments. Uh, I believe I've got someone else coming in. Um, Christmas, uh, I I wanted to shoot. I'm going to have to have Mark back in studio if I can bug him to come back in studio.
2: Part three coming soon. Oh. Dash
1: Radio. With MJ. MJ.
2: (laughs) Mark Johnson. Are we still... We are still going. Oh, that was
1: the, yeah, you people all heard that, Mark. Um, we got to wind it up, though, but uh, I want I want you to come back in because we, we did mention as well, and I want to bring people to uh, business and company uh, on Instagram as uh, boards ETA February, we believe.
2: Yeah, I think they ship in the end of, I think everything ships, but yeah, end of February, beginning of March.
1: So I encourage people to go to Mark Johnson. If you're not following Mark Johnson, uh, I definitely... Highly suggested, and also business and company, and it's business dot and company. Correct? Is
2: that business dot a and d dot okay. company? Yeah, okay. and understand. it's mellow. Like, there's you know, we haven't even like basically launched the brand. You know, like it was like a soft launch or whatever. So no, it's exciting. The Instagram, yeah, the Instagram's mellow. There's like nothing. You know what I mean? We're still like in the in the. The thing's like two months old, so it's not. I, I don't post every day. I don't. You know, I think some people, some brands post every day, no matter what. I don't, that's a weird uh, corner to paint yourself into.
1: Yeah, we, and we kind of, we, we spoke on a little bit of that uh, on the phone the other day, the the, uh, social media thing.
2: Yeah, like compulsive, I've noticed the compulsive posting where, yeah, weird, weird stuff. I, uh, yeah, I mean, it's good. It's good to be mellow at first and not kind of overwhelm yourself.
1: Yeah. And also another thing is I want to, uh, Isaac Rochelle from the uh, Chargers, uh, played for Notre Dame has a nonprofit as well that he has. And it's takeoff Sunday, off Saturdays. Uh, he'd love to meet you. Uh, I spoke to him yesterday at Chargers training facility. Um, so hopefully I can maybe put you guys together. Cause I think you guys could do some cool stuff, you know, with, uh, you know, sort of being, uh, instrumental in kind of helping other, other kids or people, you know? Oh yeah. 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 For sure. So uh, we're going to have to have Mark back in studio. Uh, You guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Enjoy. the. I hope you enjoy the ITL and have a dynamite week. This is The Desiree Show on Dash Radio, and I'm out.
0: Back in the days when I was a teenager. Before I had status and before I had a pager, you can find the abstract. Listening to hip-hop, my pops used to say it reminded him of Bebop. I said, Well, daddy, don't you know that things go in cycles? Way the Bobby Brown is just amping like Michael. It's all expected. Things are full